Yo, what's up? Welcome to episode four of the Throwback Hoops podcast. My name is Rob Clayton, and joined joining me as always is my co-host, Woody V. How are you, man? Good, Robbie. How are you, man? Another week done. So, yeah, looking forward to the weekend. That's it, mate. Another week done. And how good it's, uh, has it been to have the NBA back this week? Oh, brilliant, man. You know, I just uh, bet you sitting at home and having your fantasy lineups in front of you and stuff has been nice and, and watching the games, right? Definitely. And how good was it watching our boys today, mate? Yeah, amazing. Amazing. Very Great good. to start the season off well, well right? We'll yeah. probably touch a little bit more on that on the show. But, yeah, good for the Hawks to sort of come out with that first win. So, all right. So, look, as I said, yeah, um, welcome everyone to the show again this week. Um, thanks for everyone for joining us. Um, we had some great um, sort of feedback and a lot of sort of views and, and likes and everything last week. So I really appreciate that. Um, just very briefly, just to remind us, uh, to remind everyone where you can find us. Um, obviously, there's a YouTube channel, or of course, you can download the podcast on basically anywhere where podcasts are found. So, look, we'll speak a little bit uh, more about that at the end, and you'll also see the links on the screen if you're watching the video on YouTube. But um, yeah, look, we might just get into it sort of straight away, like we like to do, Woods, and maybe show off our jersey. So, who have you got for us this week, man? Yeah, so I've got a classic jersey here, Rob. I do like that one. Chairman of the board, special edition. <laughs> I like it. Very nice. An absolute legend of the Adelaide 36ers, right? Yes, I got a Mark Davis jersey for those who can't see. Uh, one of the greatest ever Adelaide 36ers. Uh, and you don't get the, the nickname, the chairman of the boards for nothing, Rob. Uh, that's right. Um, so look, just a little bit about Mark Davis. He represented the 36ers between 1985 and 2001. Um, and, you know, he was doing what Dennis Rodman was doing in the NBA, in the NBL, right? Mm -hmm. You know, three-time NBL champion, uh, NBL grand final MVP, eight-time all-star in the NBL, and he's a four-time rebounding champion. You know, he just had a, a knack for knowing where the ball was going to go uh, and grabbing those rebounds. Uh, his number 33 jersey is actually retired by Adelaide. Yeah. Um, I can so picture him grabbing an offensive board, Woods, and just ramming it home. He was, <laughs> he was so good on the boards, wasn't he? He sure was. Um, and, you know, he's a proud Australian now. In 1996, he naturalized and actually represented the Boomers. Mm. Um, and, you know, just over 16 years ago, I averaged 10 boards a game. You know, that's just amazing, right? Um, and look, he's been in Australia for 40 years now. He calls Adelaide home and he still runs the Mark Davis basketball camp and, you know, gives back to grassroots basketball in the region. Um, and he's honored in 2006 by the uh, Australian Basketball Hall of Fame and uh, he was inducted there. So, yeah, this jersey says it all, you know. It does. It's, it's quite a unique one as well with the, the chairman of the boards on the front. I like that one, mate. Uh, definitely nice Thanks. one. All right, so look, I guess for my jerseys, um, look, you can see I've got the usual one hanging up. So a pretty sort of uh, pretty rare and old school NBL one I've got hanging up there. So it's a, a mid-90s Melvin Thomas Illawarra Hawks jersey. Um, so for those that were sort of following the league back then, uh, Melvin Thomas was a, a power forward like Mark Davis was. Um, he had a 15-year uh, career in the NBL. Um, so that was basically his first stint where that jersey's from. He actually... Um, I think he went to Sydney for a couple of seasons and maybe had a season yep. with the Cannons before he went back. Um, interestingly enough, when he came back, the number 32 had actually been taken um, by club legend Matt Campbell. So uh, Melvin Thomas was given the number 33 jersey and actually the 32 and the 33 are both um, retired in the Illawarra rafters there. So this is obviously quite a rare one given it's his, you know, his initial jersey. Um, and yeah, probably a lot of people would think it's a Matt Campbell one. No, it's definitely a Melvin Thomas jersey. Um, so look, that's the one I've got hanging up. Um, look, in terms of the one I'm wearing, I wanted to sort of uh, give an old school NBA one this week. Um, I'll stand up and show you the jersey first. Probably the number might sort of um, uh, say it all when you see the, the guy's number. But I'll just show you that jer jersey first and I'll tell you a little bit about him. So for those who, who can't see and are listening to the podcast, Robbie's got a... Number 77, Washington Wizards, George Murasan jersey. Big George. Yeah, Great I mean, jersey. It is a nice one. Look, I think, um, you know, obviously George Murasan had a really big cult following in the 90s, didn't he? Um, he actually wasn't yep. in the league for that long. He was only sort of played, I think, around seven seasons. He was with Washington for all but one of those seasons. Um, so he actually started off with the Bullets and then they became the Wizards, which is what, what this jersey is. Um, so for those that don't know anything about Big George, he's the equal tallest uh, player to ever play in the NBA um, alongside Manute Bowl. Um, I think it's pretty cool. He was seven foot seven and he rocked the, the 77 uh, jersey number, which was pretty nice. 
Um, so look, in terms of George, um, look, as I said, he, he did have a short career. He's He was the first ever Romanian player to play in the NBA, and I think the, he might only be the, the first Romanian-born player. There's a few with heritage that have played there. Um, look, I think probably the best season for, for Big George there was the 1996 season. Um, he averaged, and this might even surprise you, Woods, the 96 season, he averaged 15 points, 10 rebounds, two and a half blocks, and he led the league in field goal percentage. So, I mean, that's pretty good, right? That wouldn't have been far Absolutely. off. Absolutely. That wouldn't have been far off an all-star berth, would it? You know, 14 no, and no, 10 no. with those sort of numbers. So, yeah, um, he also won a, a most improved award as well. Um, he won the field goal um, award a couple of times as well because obviously you know most of his shots were, were right under the ring but yeah um basically george mirasani he was quite sort of successful away from the court as well he was in um, a, a movie with billy crystal called my giant um, which a few of you may have seen probably wasn't the greatest movie ever um he was also he was in an eminem video clip um in the, the my name is song as a, a ventriloquist which was quite funny um, and look, he's still sort of um, active in the Washington community and sort of, still sort of involved with the Wizards team. Um, his youngest son is actually, I believe, a freshman with the Georgetown Hoyers in the NCAA this year. Um, only sort of looked like he's playing a bit part. And also, uh, George's oldest son also played for Georgetown as well. So, yeah, a bit of a blast from the past. But yeah, rocking the, the champion George Murasan jersey this week. Well, two great jerseys, Rob. And just actually looking at that one behind, behind you, the Melvin Thomas jersey, um, you know, Mark Davis and Melvin Thomas would have had some good battles over the years, correct? They absolutely would have, yeah. They sort of, yeah, would have matched up a few times and two sort of pretty strong guys there going for the boards there. So that would have been pretty interesting sort of seeing those two battle. And look, as you said, they Mark Davis naturalised, so did Melvin Thomas. So they both sort of, you know, obviously stayed here and sort of, you know, um, you know, become citizens here, which is great as well. So... All right, well, look, that's sort of the jerseys for this week. Um, I guess before we sort of just get really started today, um, just to uh, let you know with the episode today, there's going to be a little bit more NBA content. Um, look, we thought it was only fitting with the season starting a couple of days ago. Um, obviously, we know the NBL is still around five or six weeks away. So probably for this week and sort of ongoing for a little bit, we will definitely be stepping up the, the NBA content. Um, so we hope you, you guys sort of enjoy that. So look, I guess we'll go straight into it now. We're just going to sort of start off with the Australians in the NBA now. Um, We've got a sort of couple of interesting sort of topics to talk about there. I mean, literally one day after we we recorded the podcast last week, um, we had the bad news out of Houston that Dante got waived. Terrible. So yeah. it's bad news, isn't it? So maybe we'll sort of touch on on that. Um, I guess sort of. I mean, look, Woods, give me your thoughts on obviously sort of the, the news. It obviously came a day before the season started. Um, and what do you sort of think Dante's um, you know prospects may be now in terms of getting another role? Look, a few people have come out on Twitter and whatnot and said that he still has a chance in the NBA this season. I think it's a really long shot. I mean, the guy got cut by arguably the worst team in the league. Yeah. Something must have happened at training camp where Houston just thought, look, you know, we, we don't want to persist with him. And, uh, and yeah, it's unfortunate. But, um, you know, if he wants to do that, he probably want to, want to stay around in the USA and, and get a G League op- opportunity. Mm. But, um, I mean, what do you think? What do you think his future holds? Yeah. What's, what's the best for Look, him going forward? Personally, I think this probably might be his last NBA chance now. So, look, if he may sort of try and sort of, you know, lock onto a G League team and see if there's one more sort of chance there. Um, I know we discussed sort of a couple of days ago, Woods, we think someone like Dante would be a lot better suited with a, a better sort of team. Um, yeah. Somewhere where he can sort of, you know, provide some veteran leadership and sort of play in a reserve role. I don't know that the, the fit with Houston would have been that good, to be honest. I mean, no. you know, you got Kevin Porter running down and throwing a turnover on every possession it would have been pretty interesting and obviously they're not massively motivated to win this season either so look it was a bit of a shame though wasn't it sort of coming so close to the season and probably meaning that you know there wasn't really any other opportunities for another team to pick him up but that's true you know look things like injuries happen um you know if he does decide to sort of hang around there there may be a chance that he can sort of you know link on maybe get a 10-day contract um there's also been quite a bit of talk about um a possible NBL return Woods what can you what can you tell us about that yeah look he's a part owner of the southeast melbourne phoenix it's his hometown you know it, it, it would be good it would be a nice story for him to come back here he's 26 he's got you know a decade of of, of basketball left in him provided he stays healthy mm. um i think it would be a good match i know that they're they're kind of looking for a big man to to close out their roster yeah. but if you can get get your hands on a guy like dante exum You'll rejig the lineup a little bit have and, to and do what you can to make it work, right? That's yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, look, it would be a shame. As you said, at age 26, he's still got a lot ahead of him and it's, it feels like he's finally sort of healthy now. So I guess, look, probably fingers crossed. I know we did speak about Dante in the first episode and fingers crossed he can sort of, you know, continue to stay healthy and maybe sort of crack on it and get another sort of chance over in the NBA. 
I also think that his game and his style of game would suit a, a EuroLeague contract potentially as well, and he could fit yep. into one of those teams there. Um, obviously, with the COVID situation, and you know, obviously, when you're pay- playing in, in in those areas, there's sometimes you're not getting your pay on time. There's all all sort of other factors coming yeah. coming in there. So, and that could even make that NBL sort of thing. You know, he might you know it might be less money to come back here, but sort of to be a, you know able to play in front of fan- friends and family, get a guaranteed paycheck coming in, and and then maybe you know knowing that those eyes that are on the NBL now, he could sort of come over here and try and have a really good season and, and maybe, you know, potentially try and get back next year. I mean, look, it could be something that people are a little bit scared by his injury history there. So if he can sort of go and, you know, show that he can sort of have a, a full season and sort of be healthy, that really might help his chances, right? Well, he doesn't have to wait till next year. If he plays the NBL season, much mm. like Andrew Berger did with the Kings a few years ago and got that opportunity late in the season with the Golden State Warriors, yep. um, a team might pay attention to that. And as you said, you know, a team making a playoff run, wanting a veteran presence, uh, could sign him towards the end of the season uh, after proving himself in, in the NBL, right? That's right, yeah. Well, look, we're obviously sort of, you know, we're paying close attention to see what happens. I, I haven't sort of had an update for a couple of days now. So he's obviously sort of weighing up his options and everything. Yep. But no, we'll certainly wish Dante all the best and we'll sort of keep, you know, the, the viewers and the watchers um, up to date with what's happening there. Um, look, there is another Aussie in the NBA we need to talk about. Um, I'm a little bit over him, to be honest, Woods, but look, it's obviously pretty sort of topical at the moment. Um, and that's, of course, um, Ben Simmons, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling about Ben Simmons and what's sort of gone on this week with him in Philadelphia? I think a day goes by when we don't hear something new about Ben, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to say as well today, he said a few things about, you know, mental health issues and uh, the fact that, you know, he's got a bad back, apparently got a bad back. And, you know, I don't think it's, it's, it's easy for people to use that as an excuse these days. And, and people like yourself and me, mental health is very important to us. And we understand that it's a, a sensitive topic. So if people are just throwing out that as an excuse, Liz Cambridge said it recently, uh, Ben Simmons is saying it. Uh, it. Fair enough, if he does, if he is suffering from mental health issues, I hope all the best for him. But if he's just throwing that as an excuse, I'm, I, I, it's not something that you know I'd look too favorably upon. No, right? I agree. And look, it just feels like just just childish behavior, to be honest, with the way he sort of just he's come to camp this week. I mean, you saw the footage. He had you know some some shorts on with his with his phone in the pockets there. Um, the next day, basically, Doc Rivers asked him to join in a defensive drill, and he just flat out said no. I mean, for someone like Doc Rivers, Woods, he's been around the, you know, the NBA since the early 80s now, and, you know, he's sort of dealt with all sorts of players in his coaching and playing career. I mean, it must be so frustrating for someone like him to sort of see someone with all this talent that's, that's you know, acting this way, right? Yeah, you have to show a little bit of respect for your employer. I know there's a lot of stuff that's going on, but when you're getting paid such big money, you know, it's your job. You have to turn up to work. You know, it's not always going to be a comfortable environment to work in. Yeah. You know, we've had experiences in the past where going to work wasn't the most fun thing ever, but that that's what we're paid to do. And as you, a you don't always you get on up. well with everyone that you work with, right? I mean, I think right. everyone can say that with you, you know, whatever sort of occupation you're doing, they yeah. sort of have those same comments. In, in all walks of life, Robbie, not just if you're a professional basketball player getting yeah. paid millions and millions of dollars a year. Mm. You know, it's the attitude needs to change, and what 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 this has done is actually dro- dropped his draft stock. Not his draft stock, his his value. Uh, you know, as a, as a player, you know, yeah. like. I mean, me personally, I'd love to see him get back out on the court and, and just show what he's made of there. I mean, he's he's you know he's had some real good seasons in the NBA. I think it, it's probably kind of been lost a little bit as well with how bad he was in that last playoff series. The guy is a two-time All-Star and, you know, he's one of the best defensive players in the NBA. So I know we do focus on, you know, the flaws in his game. And look, they are obviously big ones there. The, the guy needs to, you know, improve his shot. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, obviously he can sort of still, you know, offer and, and bring a lot to the table for sort of any team there. But no, you're right Woods in terms of his stock there I mean you're not going to get a like-for-like trade if you were to trade him now I mean you're going to be getting 50 cents on the dollar and I don't think Daryl Morey is a sort of you know GM that's going to want to sort of do that so I wouldn't be surprised if there is a little bit of hardball of course saying that now he might get traded tomorrow right Woods but um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they play a little bit little bit of hardball with him and eventually sort of you know get him to get back on the court and and try and sort of see if he can lift the stock there it's as, as you said it's a combination of things right it's not just what you can do on the floor it's your attitude how are you going to fit into a culture for, for a team mm-hmm. and what Ben Simmons is doing right now is is not helping him and you think of a guy like um, Nick Kyrgios right the tennis player mm-hmm. right everyone in Australia loved to hate him but then all of a sudden you know he won us over mm-hmm. right you know and and people are starting to like Nick Kyrgios now right and Ben Simmons could could do that himself and and be 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 someone who 
the could. Australian public The other thing as well, Woods, he's such a role model in Australia. I mean, literally you can't go anywhere without seeing some sort of kid or someone wearing a Ben Simmons jersey, a Ben Simmons, you know, T-shirt jersey, something yeah. like that. So, look, he's he's obviously got a lot of people that look up to him here. And, look, you know, it's, I don't feel he's setting a, a very great example. No. And even sort of for some of the younger guys on the team, you've got guys like Tyrese Maxey who's in their second season now and you've got sort of someone coming in and disrupting the team and sort of being that sort of influence. It's, it is a little bit hard to stomach. So, look, I, I felt like we did have to mention it. I know we've, you know, spoken a little bit offline and we've... I mean, disappointed, annoyed. There's probably a few words that would sort of, you know, we could describe sort of yeah, how we're feeling about Ben Simmons at the moment. But, yeah, that's sort of the update at the moment. And as we said, things can sort of change pretty pretty sort of quickly at the moment, I guess. Um, I think you sort of um, were saying as well, Woods, there have been a couple of players on the Philly team that, you know, sort of have supported Ben as well, even lately. Well, well you mentioned Doc Rivers, right? What about veteran Danny Green, who's like a father figure for that team, who's been around the blocks, who's really come out in support of him and, and said, look, we'd, we'd love to have him on the team. He's a good friend for Ken Korkmaz. Yeah. Um, you know, Matisse Teibel's also come out and said we'd welcome him back. So, you know, he's being very selfish when, when, when he's acting like this. And, and mm. as, as an Australian and as us being Australians, as he said, you know, it's not putting us in a very good light when he's acting like this, right? So yeah. he's not winning uh, uh, many fans here at home in Australia or, or overseas either in the US. So... It's, it's, it's a sad state of affairs where it's at right now. And I just really hope that, uh, you know, him and the team can move forward and, and, uh, and, and come to a resolution sooner rather than later. Absolutely. And look, he's probably sort of, you know, along with Dante, it's a bit of a watch this space there, but we'll certainly sort of, you know, keep yeah. you guys posted. And, you know, if there's any sort of update next week, you know, be it good or bad, we'll certainly let you guys know. Um, I guess probably the last thing I wanted to touch on in terms of the Aussies and the NBA Woods, um, obviously the, you know, the training camp rosters were sort of decided and the season started now. Um, there's probably less Aussies on starting day lineups than we've seen for a while, right? I, I believe there were seven Aussies this, on, this year on the rosters. Um, what would sort of be the reason for that, Woods? I know there's a few missing. Who, who's sort of missing from last year? That, yeah. that's... Well, I mean, Delhi's coming to the end of his career in, in the NBA. He's moved mm. to the NBL. Pornmaker, you know, as much of, of a good prospect that he was. Kevin Garnett said he's going to be an MVP one day. He was he a was... high draft pick, wasn't he? Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a guy like Jonah Bolden who's in cryptocurrency now. Yeah. There's, there's guys who've just... And don't forget as yeah. well, Big Bainsy as well. I mean, he would have definitely got a, a role this year. I, I believe he's sitting out this year with that neck injury that he sustained at the Olympics in Japan. Yeah. So, And look, fingers crossed for Bainsy. I think we'd all love to see him get back in there. I mean, he didn't have a great year with the Raptors last year, but the year before, he was really good. You know, he sort of developed that three-point shot and everything. So hopefully yeah. that's not the, you know, the end of sort of things um, for Bainsy. When's a neck injury, you've got to be careful. You remember a guy like Emaka Okafor who had a very similar injury and he could never really come back from that, right? Yeah. And at 35, 36, it, it, it may be sad to say, but it could be the end for Bainsy. I hope it's not. Yeah. But it's hard to come back at that age from serious injuries like that. So um, let, let's watch that space a little bit. We all wish him the best. I know he's going through a hard time at the moment. So yeah. I thought uh, maybe just very quickly, Woods, we could just uh, maybe um, just speak a little bit, maybe about two of this sort of Aussies just in their first games now. So look, obviously, Paddy Mills played on the first day and oh, yeah. had an amazing effort, at, uh, you know, even though it was in a losing effort. And also, um, you know, young Josh, Josh Giddy played his first game yesterday against, um, you know, one of his idols in, in Joe Ingles and the Jazz yep. there. Um, how did you sort of feel like both of those guys went in those first games? Well, Paddy Mills, he fitted right in seamlessly into that new, in that Brooklyn team, right? Seven threes. Amazing. Seven um, of seven as well, right? Yeah, and Steve wow. Nash. We spoke about Steve Nash. He came out in the press conference going, this guy is just such a great guy to have around the locker room. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that, that match is great, as you mentioned in the episode last week about Steve Nash and Paddy Mills. I reckon they'd get along off the court as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah. and in terms of Josh Giddy. 10 rebounds. I think Andre Robertson previously had eight or nine. It was, a, it was a record, OKC. wasn't it, for OKC for most rebounds in a debut, which for your point guards, a, a pretty good effort, eh? Yeah. Initially, you know, the game was a bit fast for him, I thought, mm -hmm. right? And, right? And, uh, you know, it took him a while to get accustomed to it, but he's got such a great knack for, for the for the ball, right? You know, at six, seven or, or, or whatever he is, rebounding from that guard position. Six, seven, is man. I think great. he's closer yeah. to six, nine. So I mean, who knows? Yeah. He might still be drawing. He's only 19. So, um, and look, I think his shot will come. I mean, we've seen, you know, his shot can be a little bit streaky. He hit a few threes in the preseason. I, I, I don't think he actually took one in the first game yesterday. So that's that's obviously something that will come there. And, you know, we did mention, obviously, OKC is not really going to set the world on fire. No. So, you know, hopefully they sort of, you know, stick with him in that starting lineup. But, you know, they did some wacky things last they year. Will. That team 
him with you know SGA and Horford sort of being sent home and other things like that. So I'll tell you what's a sneaky good signing for them is having a guy like Derek Favors there. I almost yeah. forgot that he's on that lineup. So you yep. see all these young guys on that team to have that veteran there uh, to to help those guys and teach them a little bit about professional life and 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 how to how to adapt to that NBA lifestyle for guys like Terrence Mann and Josh Giddy. It's going to be good for them, right? So Favors will stay with um, OKC this year and go back to Utah probably again next year, right? He seems to like doing that. Yeah. All right. Well, look, that sort of brings an an end to the sort of Aussies in the NBA segment. So um, I thought we sort of might go into, as we know, Woods, absolutely my favourite segment, mate, Um, a bit of Hawks talk. Um, and probably a good time to do that. Look, we yeah, great hat. We are recording um, on the Friday, so the Hawks did play Dallas in that first game today. Um, Woods, did you get a chance to, to watch the game at all? I watched the whole game. Really good to get off uh, with the victory. And yep. we spoke about Cam Reddish last week and how good did he look today? He was very good, wasn't he? Yeah, and it was again, it was a very even effort today, wasn't it? I mean, no one, you know, Trey Trey started off quiet and he sort of found his way after that. I thought John Collins was very good actually. His defense Brilliant. was amazing. It's some yep. really good block shots there. Um, yeah, everyone that sort of came on, Hunter was sort of decent at times. Capella had his usual good game. Um, and even the rookies got on at the end, right? Um, Very end, yeah. Jalen Johnson, Jalen Johnson quickest... took about five threes in about a minute and made a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, he scored within seconds of coming on the NBA floor. So it was good for him to get that opportunity at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, Trey just, I felt he ran the team really well today. You know, scoring wasn't coming to him. You know, it took a while for him to actually score his first point, but mm-hmm. he decided to, you know, a bit more effort Distrib- on the defensive end the today, I noticed too, which was yeah. good. Like we're not expecting Trey to set the world on fire on defense, but I thought he sort of he was quite sort of decent there and using his speed to full effect there. Um, another thing, I guess, with the Hawks game today, Woods, we didn't have two important parts of our rotation playing as well. So you know, Big yeah. Gallo and obviously the veteran in, in Sweet Lou Williams. So they're two sort of you know players that we will be counting on this year. So. Again, with that depth, I mean, look, if those two guys were playing today, probably the, the rookies or, you know, maybe Skylar Mays at the end might have not have even got on. So it's going to be a pretty tough job for Nate McMillan, I think, um, you know, sort of getting this rotation. But look, probably on that, I thought we might just do a bit of a quick, um, probably just a bit of a season outlook and preview of sort of how we how we think the, the Hawks are going to go this year. Um, yeah. I know we did a little bit of a sort of prediction together this week. Um, I think I had Hawks to finish third in the East and you had Hawks to finish fourth. So look, we're yeah. obviously sort of pretty similar there. But yeah, what are your sort of, I guess, expectations going in there? And do you think there's a chance we could potentially finish higher than third or fourth? Look, I, I, I have us at fourth, you know, in, in terms of the regular season. Potentially, we could sneak up to that third spot in the East, right? Um, and I think this year, it really depends on health with, with, with guys like Milwaukee and, and, and uh, Brooklyn, right? Mm-hmm. Who's going to be at the top of the East. Yep. So it's going to be tough for us to make that playoff run this year unless we get a bit of luck our way because obviously last year having those injuries um, and, and Milwaukee taking care of Brooklyn on one side of the bracket and well, we know about the meltdown from Ben Simmons and, and our ability to take, take Philly. So it, yeah. it, it's a wait-and-see approach. I think uh, fourth is, is about right, maybe third, as you said. Mm-hmm. But we, we've gone through the playoffs now and had that experience of a deep run. Brought back nine of our top scorers. I think they mentioned that on they the call today. They did mention that, which is right, amazing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, 90, what did they, um, Van Gundy said it was like 91% of our scoring output from last year. So, I mean, that's that's really good to sort of get everyone back there. Yeah. Um, I was probably going to touch on as well, I mean, look, we probably mentioned every episode and we'll probably continue to about, you know, how deep this team is. Um, I was sort of thinking the other day, just in terms of if there's any sort of weakness or any sort of position or area that, you know, that potentially could be a worry there. I mean, look, I'll see what your thoughts are. Probably my thoughts on that one, Woods, would be maybe, maybe Clint Capella's health um you know he's been he's played I think seven seasons now he's never played more than about 75 games a year he does seem to miss games um obviously we know um the big man at Congo is going to be out for another you know probably a couple of months at this stage so that's probably the one concern for me but look again you know we've got you know big gorgy ding and stuff like that now so we do have sort of you know depth to sort of you know fill that spot but he was sort of that one player that came to mind but what about you is there any sort of you know concerns or any sort of worries you have about any sort of positions yeah. or players i agree with you right very deep team that's why i'm surprised that they cut okafer because if any any spot that is a little bit of a weak link it's that center position yeah um speaking of big men that your daughter likes emily what, what, what was she talking to us about today 
Well, she asked me how the game went. I said Capella played well, and she said, oh, what about a Kongu? So, yeah, yeah. not bad for a little six-year-old fan there that's like liking her Hawks players. So shout-out to Emily. Um, yeah. yeah, so look, that's – and I guess probably the other one we sort of did briefly um, speak about offline Woods was maybe sort of Trey Young and his leadership there. Um, is there anything sort of you think or you're sort of expecting from Trey this year? I mean, look, I mentioned the defence previously. That's sort of an area he's going to try and step up on. But, yeah, what are you sort of expecting from Trey this year? Well, Kenny Smith interviewed him after the game. I don't know if you saw that, right? I actually he said, didn't. Look, no, no. Well, he said, look, if there's one aspect of your game that you want to improve this year, that you're looking to, to build on, what is it? And Trey said, look, I'm trying to improve all aspects of my game. You know, mm-hmm. I've worked really hard in the offseason. But if there's one thing I'd like, like to improve, it's looking after the ball a little bit better. Yeah. Make better decisions, less turnovers. And I think that, that'll come with experience and, and leadership. He, he needs to do that. And if he takes that step, I think... Um, as we saw today, you know, with those 14 assists, his assist-to-turnover mm. ratio was very good. When when the scoring wasn't coming to him, he was trying to manage the game a bit better and, you know, get opportunities for his teammates like Radish and John Collins and yeah. whatnot. So Is there a, like better, a better player at throwing alley-oops in the league than Trey Young at the moment? Woods, he's just amazing at him, isn't he? Because like, he's got no. that kind of floater he drives in. You don't know if he's going to go floater or he's going to throw it up. And you've yeah, got some athletes that can throw it down on the team, I guess. Well, they also said on the call today, 102 assist to dunks. And by far the highest assisted dunker uh, out of anyone in the league. There's, there's mm-hmm. this g- gap between him and the next one. So, yep. um, and having having guys like Capella, John Collins doesn't doesn't hurt him, does it? Yeah, right? exactly right. We've seen what John Collins can do and sort of you know uh, jump over a few people for dunks and everything like that. So, yeah, look, as I said, it was great to have that first game back. I believe that the next game might be on Sunday. I think it is for the Hawks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, obviously we'll sort of you know continue to sort of provide a little bit of an update there. But yeah, that's probably sort of where we're at in terms of the Hawks. Um, I guess, outlook for this season, um, you know, probably sort of around that third or fourth mark in the East. But look, I think there's definitely potential there that they could go higher. Um, you know, perhaps if, you know, the Nets or the Bucks or one of those teams um, suffers an injury, it, it could open the door for the Hawks to move so, up. Maybe. So let's just mention really quickly today, we've seen Trey Young go up against Luka Doncic. They're forever going to be, you know, linked at the hip mm. with what happened on draft night. Uh, I took Trey Young with the first pick in my fantasy draft, which I'm pretty happy about. Uh, and you took Luca. Uh, what, what do you think about your pick with taking Luca? Yeah, look, I'm okay after one day. I mean, look, it was a hard one. I sort of had to put, you know, the head over the heart there. I guess for me, in terms, if we're talking fantasy, I mean, probably just a few more things that maybe Luca can do in terms of a better field goal percentage, more rebounds, and that, you know, just a few things like that. And I actually wouldn't be surprised if Luca ends up hitting just as many threes as Trey does this year as well. Um, you know, I think yep. it's probably a little bit overstated. Trey Young's, um, you know, how many threes he does take. He's, he's, you know, everyone tried to compare him to Steph Curry, didn't they? And he's, he's a different. Player. He doesn't sort of, you know, rely on that three-point shot, and, and obviously, clearly not as good as at that shot as Curry is. But yeah, all right. Well, that's sort of where we're looking at for the Hawks. So yeah, really looking forward to that next game. Um, so Woods, we might go into our next part now. We've um, we've got some great audience questions again this week, didn't we? Thank you, everyone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Wanted to really sort of thank the guys there, and look, just to know that we're definitely sort of reading through those. Um, we are going to probably pick one each week. So look, apologies if you have sent some stuff through and we haven't got to it, but you know, don't give up. Feel free to sort of you know send us stuff in, and we'll definitely sort of keep our eyes on that. But um, look, I'll just go through our question um, from the viewer this week, Woods. I'll just read out his question and then we can sort of I guess tackle you know the, the questions that he's asked together there so yep. um so it's for a viewer with the name of Marcus so shout out to Marcus there really appreciate the the um the email there mate so uh, Marcus asks hi guys love what you guys are doing and keep it up my question to you is a two-part question what are your opinions of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and what do you think their ceiling is and with Kyrie being out how do you see the landscape of the east changing and where do you think Boston will finish Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Much love, Marcus. So, look, great email there, Marcus. I'd like to see if you've obviously asked sort of a, a couple of little parts of the question there. So, Woods, I thought we might sort of tackle that maybe. Look, you did ask about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, perhaps we can tackle one of those players each and sort of give a little bit of a, an outlook there. Would you like to maybe maybe take Jalen Brown and sort of give us a bit of info on him? Yeah, oh, definitely. And he started the season really well Ooh, with that 46-point sure effort in that Epic game versus New York double overtime yesterday, right? Yeah, he was great. Look, I just think with, with Jalen Brown, Marcus, uh, you know, he got his first all-star selection last year and he put up nearly 25 points a game on 48% field goal shooting, nearly 40% from beyond the arc. This guy's an absolute stud. You know, no one expected to be this good offensively coming out of the University of California, did they? He seems to add something every year, doesn't he, Woods? I mean, we knew he was a good sort of lockdown defender, but I mean, the way his three-point shot has come on as well, I mean, 
he was he was hitting it from everywhere yesterday, wasn't he? Well, he was. Um, and look, every year, as you said, his statistical output has got has got better year after year. And and to, also to answer your question, Marcus, uh, his ceiling is limit limitless. You know, if he stays healthy, he'll be a perennial all star in this league, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say, Robbie? I definitely would. Yeah, he's got all the tools, doesn't he? I mean, it's it's one of those things. Will Will Boston sort of keep both of those guys on the roster? It may be something they sort of have to think about. Um, I guess just in terms of giving a bit of info on sort of my thoughts on Tatum there. I mean, yep. look, absolute, you know, he's a star. He's not a superstar yet, but he's absolutely a star. Um, I was amazed about what sort of shape he was in. I don't know whether you noticed that yesterday. Mate, the guy's been hitting the gym since the season finished last year. He yeah, amazing shape. That's great. Yeah. Um, look, it's probably just a couple of things with him. I'd probably like to see a little bit more consistency from him. I mean, look, we're not going to get too carried away with the first game. He was pretty ordinary in the first game. I do feel like he relies on that step back a little bit too much sometimes, and he probably needs yep. to sort of maybe look at a few other sort of options in terms of getting off those three-point shots. Um, probably the big one for me in terms of Jason Tatum would be sort of just taking his defense to the next level. He is, he's definitely a good defender, but look, he's got all the makings with his size and quickness and, and just basketball IQ there to be, you know, one of the best defenders in the NBA. I mean, yep. there's no reason he couldn't be doing out there what, you know, someone like we mentioned before, like Ben Simmons is able to do and sort of lock up guys from potentially one through to five i think you know he does sort of have the skills to do that there so but look i think he's going to sort of continue and, and look I, I think the future personally is really bright with those two guys at the helm there um look i know there's obviously been a, a few sort of changes there i think you're going to speak about um the coach in a second woody but look i noticed in terms of the roster there there's obviously quite a few changes from last year um you know we've bought obviously you know schroeder's coming in who you know we both sort of love the guy obviously a former atlanta hawk there um and look he's sort of playing for a contract obviously he turned one down that he's probably regretting now but um yeah, yeah they've obviously got some yeah. new players what were you, what was your sort of take on on Yudoka there and obviously sort of taking over the the reins there from Brad Stevens yeah well, f- first of all just on on those two quickly to answer your question on how long are they going to keep these two together I mean they're arguably Tatum and Brown the one of the best duos in the league and they're both you know incredibly talented so yeah. I think once you've got those two guys on the team they're always going to be uh, in that playoff hunt and, and, and whatnot. So I think it's worth keeping that young nucleus together. Yeah. But yeah, so in terms of Ime Odoka, I, I really like the signing, you know, and, and obviously uh, Steven's moving into the front office now. Yeah. Odoka's l- learned under the tutelage of, of Popovich in that Spurs system. Um, and that would have done him wonders. He spent seven years there and then he was at the Nets last year. Mm-hmm. And he, he's a player's coach as well. So I think bringing him in um, at this time after he's get, garnered that experience is going to, be good for that Boston team to have a fresh, fresh face. Um, and Woods, we've seen bench. how many of those guys have come out of Pop's system now, and whether it's, you know, sort of initially starting off with an assistant role with another team and, you know, guys like, you know, Budenholzer and sort of other guys like that. There's, you know, there's a lot of sort of coaches now that have come out and made their mark. So yeah. I think that's a good call there with, with Yudoka. Um, what's sort of your prediction for the Celtics this year, Woods? Well, I had him as sixth, Robbie, in, in the East. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's probably fair enough. Look, I had him yeah. at fourth, you know, it's... I think you were probably a little bit higher on Miami than I was. I think I, you sort of might have had Miami fourth, and I think I might have had Miami fifth or sixth. But, look, probably Philadelphia is probably the, the dark horse team there as well, aren't they? I mean, depending on what happens with them, they're going to be around that, you know, four to six spot as well. But, look, uh, Marcus, in terms of where I think they finish, mate, I'm going to say um, fourth, um, sort of getting home court advantage in, you know, the first round of the playoffs there. But, uh, yeah, in terms of sort of going much further than that, Possibly not this year. Um, I think some of those other teams that we've sort of spoken about are a little bit deeper, maybe a little bit more experienced. Um, I think in terms of the Celtics, they need to probably work out their rotation. I was looking at that team yesterday, and I think there's probably a few sort of pieces of the puzzle that you know they need to try and work out where they're going to fit there. So that's probably my thought there. So, but um, no, look, really good question again, Marcus. Really appreciate it. Um, hopefully, we've sort of given you a little bit of insight there with the answers, and um, yeah, definitely to everyone sort of you know keep the keep the the, the emails and sort of the good questions coming through we sort of look forward to sort of getting those each week don't we woods and sort of reading through and sort of picking one yeah look and also just to mention something about Kyrie being out we saw marcus uh that patty mills we mentioned earlier just fitted seamlessly seamlessly into that system actually i had miami at third robbie and i had so, Atlanta that's at right fourth. you're right yeah yeah uh, so I, I think that with Kyrie being out it doesn't change much i still see with or without Kyrie that brooklyn's going to be you know, right there at the top. Yeah. Uh, and I think that it, it doesn't change that much. Um, one thing also worth mentioning on that question is the Al Hoffert signing, another, coming back to Boston, another Atlanta Hawks alumni along with yeah. Dennis Schroeder. Having him back in that locker room is going to 
help that that Celtics team, I think, as well. And that could be more sort of a locker room presence rather than an actual presence on the court. I mean, look, I think he's still got a little bit to offer and he seems to fit in that, you know, that Celtics sort of offense a little bit better than he has in his last two stops there. But yeah, definitely a good sort of... You know I love presence. Time Lord, man. You know I love Time Lord. Yeah. He's Is he going to be healthy? Players. Is he going to be healthy? That's so. the big thing, right? I mean, he I put up some so. great numbers yesterday, didn't he? But, oh, he did. What, 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 five blocks yesterday? Yeah, he, he, fills up, he fills up that stat sheet, doesn't he? He really does. He's a fantasy stud. Um, yeah. Just a quick uh, sneaky good signing there, there Marcus. I'll also say is Josh Richardson. Uh, since Miami, he hasn't really had a good fit. But the guy's a two-way player, and I yeah. still think he's got something to offer. So sneaky good signing there for for the uh, well, I think came through a trade, didn't he, Robbie? Josh Richardson. There. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he sort of could fit in well. And I must have been a little bit behind the times. I hadn't realised that Taco Fall had left the Celtics Woods. I was looking through the Cavs yeah. box score yesterday and saw he was there. So he's, he's I always sort of now, enjoyed yeah. seeing Big Taco come on at the end of the Celtics games. But yeah, yeah look, I think you're probably right about um, Richardson there. He didn't quite you know, work out in Philadelphia and Dallas, but I think he's, he'll probably be hungry to sort of, you know, get his sort of reputation back again. And, you know, as you said, he is sort of a good um, sort of two-way player. So, all right, well, perfect. That's sort of the, I guess, sort of wraps up that question there. Again, thank you to Marcus. Um, look, what we're going to go on to now, Woods, um, we are going to sort of do our normal um, two NBL team previews. Um, so we've got uh, basically four more teams to go. So we're going to cover um, two teams this week. And we're going to cover the two Melbourne teams next week to finish that off. Um, so look, the teams we've obviously chosen this week, um, Adelaide, hence you wearing the, the Mark Davis jersey, and I'm sort of going to be covering the Illawarra Hawks. Um, so, yeah, do you want to maybe take us away with um, the preview of the, the 36s then? Yeah, absolutely, Robbie. Uh, you can see I've just put up the 36s roster and depth chart for the year. And for those who can't see it, I'll just quickly go through it with you. We've got head coach CJ Bruton taking over from Connor Henry, and they haven't brought back many players, just Isaac Humphreys, mm -hmm. Daniel Johnson, and Sunday Detch. That's it. Uh, I mean, just looking at the depth chart at point guard, you've got Mitch McCarron, which is a sneaky good signing. Mm -hmm. Tad Diffelmeyer Jr. coming over from Cairns. A shooting guard, you got the import Dusty Hannes, Mojave King with a with a with a change of scenery at shooting guard, yeah. um, and you got Oldbridge, the the DP that was just signed, Todd Withers, an import at small forward, the Sunday driver, Sunday Detch at small forward as well, uh, Daniel Johnson at power forward with Emmanuel Manu, Manny Malou, who I'll just touch on a bit later, um, and you got Isaac Humphries and Kai Soto, who's a special uh, restricted player from the Philippines at, at the center position, so. That's what the team looks like this year, and I guess... In terms of those returning players, Woods, I mean, obviously the Tasmania is a brand new team, but that's probably, of all the teams we've gone through so far, it's probably had the most change, right? So you've got a new coach and, and literally you know nine new players on the team. Yeah, I think uh, the Connor Henry era is over and they wanted to start afresh with a new coach. And um, the way Connor Henry, Henry was treated, I'm, I'm not a big fan of him coming over here and being told he was going to be the coach for three years and then at the final hour getting the, the sack. But that, that's another story. Mm. Uh, I just think that uh, they wanted to start fresh and, um, you know, bring in a new nucleus of players to build on. So I I'm not sure about this roster and how, how, how well they'll do. They'll go as far as Isaac Humphreys goes. Last year, when, when he was fit, he was mm. arguably going to be the MVP and defensive player of the year early in the season. And then when he went down, the team really struggled to keep up with... Uh, with the other teams in the league. So I think a big part of their success will revolve around Isaiah Humphrey's health, right? I was actually thinking the same. I looked at the roster and look, there's some good names there, isn't there? But I just, yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I feel like I don't really have a good read on those. I've sort of, you know, been pretty sort of bullish on some of the teams. Look, there's no doubt there's some talent there. Um, look, I know you sort of touched on uh, Manny Malou um, earlier in the preview. Woods, what can you tell the, the viewers about him? Yeah, look, Manny Malou, he's had a hard road to this opportunity. You know, he's born in Kenya. Uh, to a Sudanese father, Ethiopian mother, and he moved with his parents and two siblings to Australia, um, in, to Melbourne in 1996. And look, he was scouted heavily by Fred Hoiberg and really wanted the opportunity to join the Iowa program. But for a number of reasons out of his control, he never got that opportunity. He's had so many injuries. He had a summer league opportunity, which he couldn't uh, fulfill because of those injuries. And then he's been all over the world, played in places like Iran, the Maldives, Thailand even. Uh, and he finally came back to Australia and he's got this opportunity on the back of his performance in the NBL, uh, NBL one for the Mackay Meteor. So yeah. this is a pretty, great pretty story. Pretty impressive mixtape too. I was having a look at that. He, the, the guy's a good rim protector or anything like that. So yeah, definitely a journeyman for sure, right? Yeah, a 27 for him to get this first NBL opportunity is, is terrific. And mm. a versatile foreman that can stretch the floor and block shots. They, they, they goal. We talked about Duop Reed last week, right? So yeah. I think, uh, watch out for this guy. I think he's going to turn a few heads this season. 
Uh, a guy like DJ, he was supposed to move to that six-man role this year, but just looking at this roster, I don't think they have an able replacement for him as yet. So he's probably going to start. Yep. They do have one import slot open, so it's possible they get an import four before the season starts. Mm-hmm. Um, Mojave King, what, what do you think, Robbie? A change of scenery? For yeah, him? look, this. I think you know, probably it was he was a little bit in Mike Kelly's doghouse um, last year in Cairns. Um, look, there's no doubt the guy's got some amazing athleticism. Um, I think we'd probably, I'd like to see a little bit more from him. Um, I think probably the, the opportunities that he's got maybe he hasn't sort of grabbed as well as maybe people were thinking. But look, again, I think even playing under a coach like CJ Bruton, I think could be a really sort of important sort of thing for for, for, for Mo King. Um, and look, I, I'd love to sort of see him sort of show that ability there. Because, I mean, there was definitely talk that he could sort of potentially be an NBA player a couple of years ago. And look, I think that talk's probably dropped down a little bit now, but there's nothing to say if he sort of has a really good season there. Um, the other one I was just going to ask you about Woods, I know um, we've got a lot of sort of um, fellow viewers that sort of, you know, watch the show and listen to the podcast. Um, what can you tell us about Big Kai Soto there? Because he's definitely a, a, quite a big name to come to the league, right? Yeah, and look, you've got a huge Filipino community that love basketball in this country. So having Kai Soto here is terrific. And CJ Bruton really tried to get him at, at Brisbane, but no one sort of listened to him. So mm. CJ Bruton's finally got his wish and he gets to coach Kai Soto. He's got a, a bit to develop on the defensive end. Uh, he, he struggles a little bit and... And I guess, um, you know, having this opportunity, maybe he's going to get some some looks from NBA teams if he can prove prove himself here. Mm-hmm. He's, he comes from a high pedigree. His father's also a basketball player. Yeah, I guess seven foot two, big guy. Uh, let let's see how he goes. I'm curious to see uh, how, how he can contribute. Um, the comparisons have been made between him and Alex Ajinka. Mm-hmm. So you know, if he can be that kind of player, he could have a role. It's a pretty random comparison there, Woods, but I'll, I'll take it. Um, yeah, yeah look, I think that probably will put the NBL on the map a little bit more, won't it? I think obviously a lot of those 36ers games will be shown in Asia and you know, the Philippines and everything else like that. So, yeah, all right. Well, look, probably the only other thing I was going to um, touch about, unless you had anything else to add, Woods, was just a, a basically just with the fantasy um, start and sleeper with the 36ers. Yeah, look, yeah, before I just get to that, I'll just hmm. touch on the imports really quickly. Sure. So Dusty Hannes, you know, um, he's already going to come into this league as possibly the best shooter from outside. Um, and if you want to draw comparisons, previous sharpshooter for the Adelaide 36ers and the West Sydney Razorbacks, Troy DeVries, you remember him? Yeah, I do, yeah. Well, Dusty Hannes is is, is very similar to, to, to Troy, and I think um, back then the three-point shot in the early 2000s wasn't as important as he is now, and I think he, he can make... I think I read somewhere he hit 100 in a row recently, well, Dusty Hannes did, so this guy can really shoot the lights out. Um, he's he's also really good friends with Bobby Portis, so okay. you know that's that's nice. I heard an interview with him on the Oz Hoopers podcast recently. Mm. So he seems like a really nice guy, and uh, he'll fit into the uh, system well. And uh, you know the the Australian community are going to like him. And the other guy, Todd Withers, you know this guy. He, he went to a Division two school. Um, he averaged about eight and four in the G League. So look, I'm not really sure. He doesn't do anything that well from what I've seen. I've read his mm. scouting report. Hey, it would not surprise me he's the first import to be cut. We always have that conversation. Who's the first import that's going to be cut, right? And Adelaide like, is a team that sort of changes their imports a bit. We saw a little bit of that over the last couple of seasons. Yeah. So yeah, Don, Donald Sloan last year, right? So he was the first import cut. So yeah. um, let's see. I mean, maybe maybe he'll he'll prove me wrong. But yeah. And look, sorry, just going back to your fantasy stud and sleeper. Look, it's hard to go past Isaac Humphries as your stud. The guy gets blocks. Sure. You know, he can he can get you rebounds, score you points, and. You know, if he stays healthy, he's, he's a good guy to have in, on your team as a center, right? He mm-hmm. won't be cheap, but at the same point, um, you know, he'll, he, his return on investment will be good if you want to invest in him and, and you're feeling confident about his health. A sleeper, for me, is, is Tad DeFulmeyer Jr. And, you know, yes. he really came out of nowhere last year. Uh, also from high, high pedigree, his father obviously being an NBA, NBL player as well. Mm-hmm. But I think that he's got this opportunity to be the backup point guard here on, on this team behind money-making Mitch McCarron. And yeah, I think Tad DeFulmeyer is, is, is the sleeper for me. And just just quickly, money-making Mitch, nice signing, right, Rob? Absolutely, yeah. He'll sort of, I mean, look, he's probably going to be throwing the keys for that team and probably be expected to put up, you know, quite big numbers with them. So yeah, look, I think we're probably both on the same page with the 36ers, right, Woods? It's some good pieces there. There's some good names, but yeah, not. I'd be probably pretty surprised if they did make the four, to be honest, at this stage. But look, we'll see how they go. And like you said, there's potentially another sort of import spot open there so they could... You know they could sign someone good with that um, with that import spot, and then they could potentially push them up into a top four contender. So, all right, now I really appreciate you sort of yeah going through the 36s for us, mate. So, look, I'm going to go through um, the Illawarra Hawks with my preview today. So, 
Um, look, I guess with the Hawks, um, obviously Brian Gorgian uh, was the coach last year and he basically led them from the wooden spoon to third place in the season. So I think that just speaks what a, just an amazing coach that the Gorge is. Um, so look, you know, they they were, were very good last year. They probably were, you know, a chance if they could have made it to that grand final that they could have brought it home. I think they did have a few late season injuries and potentially a few players that sort of, you know, dropped in form. Um, look, I'll just briefly sort of go through the, the sort of the new players I've got on the team. Um, they're a little bit the opposite to Adelaide there Woods um, pretty much uh, I think nearly all of their players have come back except for four so um, look I won't go too much on the guys that are returning but in terms of the four new guys it's essentially two imports and then two big Aussies there so um, with the two big Aussies you've got Duop Reith who we, we did briefly speak about last week coming off um, the bronze medal campaign in Japan for Australia um, we've also got big Harry Froling um, joining the team um, joining his brother there um, in, in um, Sam so I think that's going to be a sort of big um, big sort of duo there. I mean, talk about, you know, two big guys that sort of like to sort of bump and sort of use their sort of throw their weight around and everything like that. So, I um, mean, look, in terms of the depth chart for the people that sort of, you know, can't see the um, the slide that's up at the moment, um, look, obviously, um, the imports that they've got, um, Antonius Cleveland um, and Xavier Rath and May, so they just signed last week. So, look, I'm probably expecting um, Cleveland to be in the starting five along with um, Tyler Harvey, Justin Ian Jessup, who's the returning next star um, that, that basically Golden State hold his rights. Um, I think it's the big guys that I really like this team. So, in terms of the big guys, to have both the Froling brothers and to have Reith and the veteran in AJ Ogilvie, I mean, that's impressive, right, Woods? Um yeah, definitely. I, I, I like that front line a lot. You know, yeah. I think um, the brothers playing together, that's, that's sneakily going to be good for both of them, I think. It right? will, yeah. And look, in, I guess in terms of the, the two new imports that we'll just sort of go into them, um, quite similar players. You know, they're both sort of similar heights, um, you know, sort of two guard and you can potentially play a little bit of three. Um, they're both sort of somewhat um, veterans now. They're both in their late 20s. They've sort of had, you know, various stops. I think probably... Um, uh, Cleveland's probably the one that's had a little bit sort of more time in the NBA. Um, Rathan Mays is a Canadian. So, um, you know, he's come through the sort of Canadian system there. Um, he was basically um, in the summer league and looking pretty good there. And we should also mention that he actually came in as a late replacement for Travis Trice, who was the original um, import on the roster, but they basically um, couldn't sort of come to an agreement with, um, you know, obviously COVID vaccinations with Trice there. So they did have to sort of part ways with him there. So um, I guess firstly, look, I like this team, Woods. Um, yep. I like the depth. Um, look, I've gone, you know, five minutes and talking about these guys and, and haven't even sort of talked about their best player. But Tyler Harvey, um, look, he's just a must-watch player, isn't he? I mean, I suggest for anyone that hasn't seen, you know, Illawarra much to to check him out and to watch this guy. He's, he's an amazing player. He's a left-hander. He's got an amazing stroke. Um, if he gets hot, he just sort of keeps shooting him further and further out. Um very impressive player. I think that was a big sort of guy, a big signing to sort of bring him back in the team. So for for three years as well, Robbie, he's got the greatest floater game in the NBL. That's right. And I mean, he's getting slept on as an MVP candidate this year, isn't he? He is. Yeah. I mean, I think he was probably. I think he might have been even been fourth last year. And look, I think obviously them having a deep team could take a little bit away from him. But look, I think he'd absolutely be in that MVP um, conversation there. So we'll certainly be you know expecting some some big things from him there. Um, and yeah, look, I, I guess in terms of that sort of outlook there, I think it's good that they've sort of got a lot of those returning players coming back um obviously sort of you know gorgon's got a very good sort of system there and everything um so i guess right as well we talked about dave thomas being the only canadian well with rath and Mays now as well as mccall mcintosh you got two canadians in the league this year so that's awesome exactly you get, you're getting guys from other parts of the world to to take up imports spots in this league it just talks about the globalization of the nbl a little bit more you know it it it, it, it it illustrates the globalization of the NBL a little bit. It more, absolutely right? does. And look, I think, you know, the NBL, you know, when it comes with imports now, they're not just looking at American players. I mean, we can yeah. see, you know, there's Canadians, there's French players, there's sort of a real sort of good mix in there. So, yeah. look, probably the only other one from the, the Hawks, from Illawarra Hawks, I wanted to touch on there, Woods. Um, bit of a bad luck story, right? Dan Greeter, right? Dan, Dan Greeter, yeah. yeah. So, look, for, for those that don't know, he basically he suffered a, an ACL rupture um, in the last couple of months. It's actually the same um, knee that he did in March 2020. So, he's done that same. ACL rupture, rupture twice within a year and a half. So it's a, it's terrible luck, isn't it? I know he's very highly respected, um, you know, with Illawarra there. So he'll certainly be out all of this season there. So, look, I guess we'll obviously, you know, be, be sort of wishing him um, success in his recovery there. And hopefully he does come back pretty strong as well. So, yeah, nothing yeah. but the best for him. Unlucky, he's a young kid and we wish mm -hmm. him nothing but the best. 
Um, just before we, we finish up as well, you want to sort of go through your fantasy stud and sleeper as well on this team. There's quite a few options here. I'd yeah, say. there is, isn't there? I mean, look, the, the studs are a no-brainer for me and Tyler Harvey. I mean, I think probably uh, we both had him in our fantasy teams for, for quite a lot of the season pretty much <laughs> yeah. last year. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a really entertaining player, as we said. So that's probably a no-brainer there. Um, look, I actually did have to think quite hard about the the sleeper there in terms of sort of opportunity, but um, I think Harry Froling is probably a good one there. Um, you know, he's going to come in there. He's probably... You know, he's probably not going to have as much attention as guys like Reith and Sam Froling and Ogilvy will have there. So he could sort of sneak under the radar a little bit for the big guy there. So, yeah, Harry Froling would be my tip there. Um, look, before I finish off the Hawks, I just wanted to, to give a little bit of a shout out to one of our um, loyal viewers and listeners um, in Damien Brutus-Clark. I um, just wanted to shout out for Damien there. He's actually a huge Illawarra fan, but I probably should point out, Woods, he's only a huge fan when they win. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. But a shout out to Dame. Um, look, I'd love to actually come down and see a game with you at the at the Sandpit this year, mate. So we might even try and tee that up. What do you reckon, Woods? We might go down and see a game, see an Illawarra game this year. What do you think? Hell, we've been talking about that for years. Isn't he a big Bill Woods fan as well? Uh, he is a big Bill Woods fan. I mean, look, who isn't? I mean, we've got to love Bill Woods and Steve Carfino taking it back a little bit to the days of the NBL coverage. But yeah, I just thought I'd throw a bit of, little bit of a shout out to Dame there. I know he's a, a very loyal viewer and, and watcher there. So um, love, Thanks, love to Dame. him there. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> That's yeah. right. So, all right. Well, look, that sort of, um, I can't believe how quick this episode's gone, Woods. Um, it's sort of starting to feel um, like we could sort of talk for about two hours each week, but we won't do that to, the, to you guys out there. Um, look, I guess just in terms of sort of just a little bit of housekeeping from last week, um, I happened to make an error in about the first minute of the podcast, which was really good. So um, apologies to uh, Michael Frazier, who was the Wildcats import they signed last week. I did refer to him as Tim Frazier. Now, Woods, give me a break with that. They both were um, in the NBA at exactly the same time, I think in 2018. So I got the names wrong. There's no relation with those guys, but um, apologies about that. Um, how do you reckon you went today, Woods? Any mistakes, mate? Look, we'll have to go back and, and listen. I know I did say Ben Simmons draft stock, and then I corrected myself saying, right, no, he's stock in right. general. Look, right? I should probably so, let everyone know as well. Um, I believe you may have had a, a reasonably uh, big night last night with uh, Joseph from the NBL Pocket podcast. So um, I forget what that message you sent me this morning, but something was, I feel like absolute crap, Rob, or something like that. So I'm glad you've managed to snap out of that, and I can see you've got a you've got a cold drink in front of you there just to sort of start off the night. So Hair of the dog, man, hair of the dog. So once I had, had that sip of that beer, I feel a hell of a lot better. And I think we did a really good job on the episode today and, and you know, giving that NBA focus and attention a little bit more this week. That's um, it. And look, we probably will continue yeah. with that focus, won't we? I mean, it makes sense. The NBA yeah. is sort of on. And, and and look, and feel free if any sort of feedback, if there's anything you'd like us to talk about, um, keep up those sort of viewer questions and everything else like that. Um, in terms of that email address, Woods, where can everyone um, find our email address to, to send us questions? Or... Yeah, so uh, once again, thanks for sending in all your questions, guys. Um, so it's going to be throwback, hoops, podcast at gmail.com you'll be able to see it on your screen at the end of this um end of this video as well for those who, who are watching the video Perfect. um in terms of twitter you know our followings got really good there we post all our jerseys and a lot of you know different stuff nowadays we're very active on our on our twitter feed where can the viewers uh you know, uh, follow us on Twitter. Bobby. Definitely, yep. So at Throwbacks Hoops is the Twitter handle. Um, also, just you mentioned the jerseys, just very briefly. Um, we've had a lot of people calling out. Oh, do you have this jersey? Do you have that jersey? So, if you've got any suggestions, anyone you'd like to see us rocking, send it out because, yep. as I said, there's a pretty good chance we'll have it in our collection. Um, actually, a very good chance, I would have thought. So, yep. um, so look. In terms of um, uh, obviously, just wanted to sort of thank everyone again. Um, you know, continue to sort of like and subscribe and watch the the video channel through YouTube. Um, in terms of the podcast, look, it's the same thing we've sort of said. The podcast is available on all sort of podcast channels now. So iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbay, all those sort of places like that, you can find us there. Um, and look, obviously, we'll you know, be back um, with episode five next week. Now, you got any parting words for us today, Woods? Oh, we'll have a special guest next week, so look out for that. Uh, look, I've really enjoyed today's episode and you know bring on the weekend you know lockdown's done and just out last night with joseph as you said and just to see everyone out in restaurants and enjoying their time outside after you know it's been a tough little period it's just really heartwarming so um, get out support the hospitality community everyone if you can this weekend and grab a bite to eat and but don't forget yeah. if you are home load up the league pass right and watch as many nba games as you can hell yeah hell yeah all right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. Look forward to doing all it again um, next week. Um, one love from Woods and I, and we'll see you Much guys love. soon. Definitely, yes. Peace out, guys. Peace. Peace.